Newsaz.com Entertainment Network. With over one and a half million downloads of our podcast series, Newsaz.com is the home of Star Wars in Character, The Grady's, The Great 80s Movie Debate, Muppets in Character, Trailer Pod Boys, Indiana Jones in Character, Dial-Up Movies, Attraction Obsession, Pass the Popcorn, and more with even more to come. Newsaz.com is also home of the YouTube series, Chris's Micro Movie Reviews, and the new video series, We're Bored, the Vintage Oddball Board Game Show. Visit Newsaz.com today to catch up on all our great series and original entertainment and keep an eye out for all the great new additions coming soon. This is Star Wars in Character, the podcast that takes a closer look at some of the elements that make up the Star Wars universe. Backstories. Histories. And details. You never knew. Wanted to know. Or ever need to know. Now here are this week's panelists of Star Wars in Character. Welcome to another special episode of the Star Wars in Character podcast and another installment of Inside the Swick Studios. This is where I take a little time with each person that is involved in our podcast to find out a little more about them and a little about a little more about them in relation to the show. And today I am joined by Dave. Dave, thank you for joining me for this recording. Absolutely. Is this where you're playing like the classical music behind That's us? That's the one. Yeah. Yep. I feel so classy. <laughs> this I, is gonna be this is gonna be the shortest of all these because of everybody of everybody in, involved in the show. I think I am the the least comfortable talking about myself. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's fine. I uh... no, it'll it'll be good. I'm looking. I listened to the others, and uh, I'm learning so much about everybody. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I'm the one that has to record it, then edit it. <laughs> I feel bad for you, as I as I always do when you have to record and edit anything we end up doing. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, well. What are you going to do? I don't even know where I'm going with that. I wasn't ready for that, so I'll just get into the questions here. So Okay. I'm ready. This is like, this. you know, I've been in therapy. I don't know if you have, but this, is, uh, this isn't that foreign to me, so go for it. I'm ready. If therapy, you mean sitting at hours on end at the bar down the street, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of therapy. Okay, then. Yeah. Oh, hey, did you get your, uh, your uh, oh, I forgot the place's name, but did you get your pri- your Twitter prize yesterday? Yes, I did. Okay. Thank I- you very much. Yes, uh, went to Yards Brewing in Philadelphia yesterday, and uh, Matt was kind enough to tweet out a, uh, they had a thing where you could tweet out something there and uh, get a free prize, and... I, my Twitter wasn't working for for whatever reason, and, and Matt did it, and I got this really cool, like pewter bottle opener with yards engraved on it. Um, so if you ever, if you're a beer guy and you ever go to or ever in Philadelphia, yards is certainly worth the trip. I'm glad you remembered the details because otherwise that would have been a terrible story to start off with. It just would have been, did you get that? Yes, good. I'm glad the audience was caught up on that. No, I <laughs> I appreciate it, and and I always make a point. I mean, we I live very close to Philadelphia, but anytime I go to any city, I see a baseball game in that city, and I have to go to a brewery in that city. And even though we're this close to Philadelphia, I'd never been to Yards, so uh, we went to Yards yesterday, and it was really cool. When you asked me to do that, I was like, I have no idea what this means. So I looked up their Twitter account. I was like, okay, three people said Philly, three people said beer, three people said Saturday. So I went Saturday, Philadelphia, beer, nothing better. There you go, Dave. <laughs> It was like it was like Shakespeare, man. It was like you totally nailed it. Thank you. Sure, anytime, anytime you need me to steal material from any other Twitter account, I apparently can do that. 
<laughs> okay. All right. Now back to the qu- not even back. We didn't even start. Holy crap! So Let all right. The questions begin. The questions. Okay. I've been starting off with asking everyone how we all kind of met, and I got a little bit of the story of you and Chris meeting first. Now, of course, Chris's memory being what it is. He just remembers that you met more or less. I'm just curious if what your side of that story is. I'm assuming between the three of us, I think Chris is the one you met first, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, elementary school, definitely. Okay. Um, in fact, a friend of ours, Jen, who is often is a fan of the show, and her husband David, and and they've been in, in, involved in the show, and and our listeners, she always puts up class pictures she on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, those are always fun. They're always they're always funny. Um. And Chris and I are in several of them together. And Chris is often wearing something that you probably wouldn't wear for a class picture, <laughs> like the Michael Jackson beat it shirt and stuff like everybody else is dressed nice. And Chris is wearing his Michael Jackson. Well, that's probably what he wanted to wear for his picture. That's true, yeah. So, yeah, we're in a lot of those together. And uh, I heard his episode. He, he seemed to think that I was friends with his brother yeah. before him. And uh I'm, I wasn't. I, I only know his brother really through him. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm, I don't think that part of that story was, was correct. I mean, I, I do consider myself friends with his brother, but, but not first. So, yeah, we grew up together. Um, and I'd say elementary school all the way through high school. And he told it right on the, uh, on his episode that, I got the job at the movie theater mm-hmm. where I ended up becoming friends with you and Tim. Okay. Um, kind of through him because I needed a summer job to buy books for college and stuff like that and pay my car insurance, like that kind of stuff. And uh, why wouldn't you want to work at a movie theater? You know, I was there all the time anyway, seeing movies. Right. And even in high school, I, I really prefer to watch movies by myself. And even in high school, Almost every Sunday night, I would go to the movies by myself. And I remember going to see Rocky Five <laughs> of all <laughs> by myself. I was one of like three people in the theater. And I asked him, and he ran and got me an application and it filled it out. And that's how I got that job and, and met. I mean, I, I think I knew you through through your cousin, who was, right. who was a good friend of mine. I mean, we knew each other, but right. the theater solidified all that. Yeah. And actually, Tim. I knew Tim before that because... Oh, okay. I, that was going to be my next big question because I wasn't sure where Tim fell in all of this as far as how we all met him. So, yeah, I'm really anxious to hear this story. It was we- it's, it's actually kind of weird because Tim is a few years younger than us, but not drastically. And at our high school, we had a program that actually my dad was a guidance counselor at the high school and he set it up. It was an educational internship where even as a high school student, you would go assist a teacher in a, in a local school. Mm-hmm. And I would walk from the high school to the middle school uh, to help a teacher in, in an English class or something like that. And Tim was a student in that class. So I, as like a junior in high school, was helping little Timmy, <laughs> you know, fill out his book reports and crap when he was probably in, I don't know, he's probably like in eighth grade, seventh grade, something like that. I mean, we're not that, I mean, Tim's probably like four or five years younger than us. I don't know. I don't know how old Tim it was is. one when Star Wars came out, so I guess that's I was Three. I was four and I was five, so four years younger than you, five than me. You're about yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Now they, and, oh, sorry, and, uh, that that's where that's probably where I first met, first met Tim in his English class in middle school as a helper. 
Now, what I love about that story was, and you don't know, and I just interviewed Tim last night. You don't know any of this. He told that story, too, of course, from his perspective. And if I remember right, I hope I remember, it's been less than 24 hours. He had said something about he doesn't think you remember him specifically in that class. And I love the fact that you're telling the same exact story from your perspective, and you certainly do. So uh, that's going to be interesting, I think, to see or hear if he will share his reaction when he hears that, because that, that's that's really funny. That's pretty cool. I'm glad you didn't tell me that then, because right. uh, that, that, that brings a smile on my face knowing that. Because I do remember him specifically, because Tim is like you know like i mean i'm not like kids are kids or whatever but i've always been i've always been interested in people that were a little bit different and had that had that kind of like personality where it was like they were creative and they were intelligent and they didn't care what other people thought and they did their own thing and tim was even like that as a seventh or eighth grader and i do remember him specifically as one of the students in that class because i remember them working and being like you were in that class that i helped out it you know, all those, uh, you know, not all those years ago, it was, it was not that long after. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I remember him specifically. Like, I remember they had to do like a diorama <laughs> or something like that in the class for something. And everybody's was like, you know, boring, stupid, white kid diorama. <laughs> and Tim's was like, Tim had like action figures and he had a whole backstory and a whole thing going on with his diorama. <laughs> so like, yeah, he's the kind of kid that like, even being an educator now, when you see kids like that, they like they make an impression. And he made an impression on me, even being just a little bit younger than me. So that's pretty cool. That is, yeah, it is really interesting. I did. I was surprised from his side of the story, and even more surprised now. So that's a that's a great story. That's that's much better than meeting Chris in a beat it shirt in elementary school. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> That is true. Yeah. And Tim's still like that. That's one of the, I, I, I admire all of my friends for different reasons. And that's probably one of the things that I admire most about Tim. He's, he's very smart and he's very creative and he'll say something that a 5,000 other people wouldn't say in the same yes. situation. Um, just because he's Tim and he's different. And, and I admire, I admire the way he looks at things. Yes. We brought that up in his, once he was able to sit in a in another seat in a sense on the show and not host a show that he some of his color commentary is the way I was putting it has just been it's like where do you come up with some of the some of this stuff? It never really got an answer because that's like you just said, that's how he is. That's how he is. That's the way he's always been. And there we even have old videotapes to to prove how everybody's sense of humor is different and Tim's is off the beaten path. <laughs> right. But not in a way that like it's like too crazy or people were like i don't get that guy i totally get it and it makes me laugh constantly i mean even down to the clothes that tim would wear yes tim would come in 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 some kind of getup, and it would just be like that's a tim outfit tim where'd you get that oh i got this at this thrift store and this i found in some old lady's dumpster you know it was like it was like (laughs) it was like it was just his outfit was a story yeah and that's the way tim still is i i admire tim and tim is tim is the kind of courage to me that I don't have, and a lot of people that I know don't, because I don't know if he talked about his personal life. He uh, he got out of school and he joined AmeriCorps, and he helped people, you know, all over the country. Little kids learn to read or clean up an old building or something like that. That takes a lot of guts. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. We didn't get to talk about that because we kind of focused a lot on Star Wars and a lot of his interests. But that's a great point to bring up that we just didn't get to, and that is, I didn't find any of this out till, geez, I think 
years after it happened because I just I had lost I pretty much lost touch with everybody except for you. I think you and the, you and I were the only ones writing actual letter, postal letters back and forth when I lived outside the country. So okay. when I caught up on what Tim did, yeah, that is I did not see that coming from Tim and was very surprised and very very much respected of his decision to do that. Yeah, no, he I I mean I would never have the courage to do that. He, you know, he, he was working here and one day he's like, uh, I want to live in Washington. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I want to live in Nashville. Okay. I would never have the guts to do that. I want to be, I want to be here because I'm afraid if I go there, I'm going to fail or I won't know anybody. He doesn't care. No, no. He moved, he moved hundreds of miles away no, we, to a different we, entire lifestyle and made a life out of it and enjoys it. And I admire the hell out of him. So yeah, I agree. I agree. He is. He is a, a, a. There's a weird term I just thought of right now. He is a responsible free spirit. Yeah, in a sense, uh, I like that. Yep. Um, okay. Well, that's 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 great. I, that was the big gap was the how you and Tim had met, and and that's great to hear both sides of the stories. But I do want to before we get into the podcasting, I do want to know a little bit more about your history of Star Wars. Not a big secret. You've been a fan for a majority of your life. We've uncovered that on the show. But I'm kind of curious. Apart from watching the movies, playing with the toys. Did you have any kind of Star Wars discussions with friends that kind of tapped into what we do today or maybe even kind of speculative stuff that would lead into the extended universe? Would, were you all interested in that during the first go round of Star Wars? No, not a, not even a little bit. Wow, and I, okay. And even even to this day I'm still this is weird because we do this podcast. I'm still not. I'm I'm a much different Star Wars fan than Probably a lot of our listeners and 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 the the three of you other guys. I'm I'm very pigeonholed in and what I like about Star Wars. I like those three movies and those three movies only. I can tolerate the prequels enough, especially Episode Three. If they had never been made, that would have been fine with me. I don't need to see any new movies. I got those three movies, and that's what Star Wars is to me. It's nothing else, and I I'm not condemning or, or criticizing anybody that likes all that other stuff. That's the way they like it. I would hope they wouldn't do the same to me because I like those three movies and that's it. So right. I think I'm a lot different and a lot of people like that. When I was growing up and liking Star Wars, all of my friends played sports, collected baseball cards, da, 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 all that kind of stuff. Nobody else liked Star Wars that I was like really, really good friends with. And that went on for my entire life. So I didn't have anybody to talk to about it anyway. So oh, I never, okay. I never would have talked about this stuff with anybody. In fact, I was often teased by some of my friends because mm-hmm. of the Star Wars stuff. Um, I had all the, t- I had these toys, and I was very spoiled being an only child until I was a grown up. Um, and every Christmas, like we've talked about on the show, and I wrote that poem even about it, I would get Star Wars stuff, and I was very blessed by what I got. That I had a huge majority of the whole entire Kenner line, and I kept it for a long time in my basement. I would not let anyone go near it. Wow. <laughs> to the point where like we would play ping pong in my basement and if the ball would get near the pink near the Star Wars stuff, I would you know, and everybody would be like, Oh, don't go near the Star Wars stuff. Dave's gonna have a cow. You know, it was like that kind of thing. Wow. Now was um, it was it because you were protecting it or because you didn't want people to see the amount you had and cause any more uh I don't know what you would call it, making fun of you type thing. No, I was just protecting it. Okay, okay. And yeah, it was it was it was just a matter of don't crash into it. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, that part I understand is like, yeah, would be in, in any case. Okay, gotcha. Now, you know, I didn't have any. I didn't. 
I didn't analyze or talk about it. I had, I did have the Marvel comic uh, subscription. Somebody bought it for me as a, as a gift. I have the entire run of the Marvel comic series because I would get it in the mail yes. and have to like yes. go buy it. Um, I remember reading them and being like, you know, there's a rabbit. There's a, there's a, there's a, what, what is this? You know, like, kind of, yeah, that stuff to me, maybe that's what turned me off of it because we've talked about this on the show up until recently. And maybe some of the, some of the stuff that came out in the last 10 years, Star Wars comics were really pretty awful. I've had, and, yeah, yeah. I, and maybe, maybe seeing those when I was younger, I was just like, you know, this, that's why I like those three things. I've seen somebody try to do something different and it's it's not for me. This is uh I mean not I'm not defending it, not saying your opinion your opinion is correct. Uh I've had this discussion many a times with uh some other friends of mine, but particularly guys at Two True Freaks. Marvel comics, right after they did the first adaptations of the movie, like the first ten or so issues were so bad, it is so unfortunate. Cause they're they pointed out a lot of good stuff to me that I've gone back and read. And for the seventies and early eighties, it's good. But the Marvel just blew the screwed the pooch, I guess you could say, by putting that green rabbit in and making a space children esque uh, seventh samurai type try to make it with a giant green rabbit in it. So yeah, I think that it, I th- think uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Again, I'm not trying to make this a Marvel comic discussion, but I th- I think that uh, your your opinion is widely held by a lot of people our age because Marvel made a huge mistake back then. Yeah, well, and maybe I never even till you just brought that up, never really thought about how I ne- didn't analyze it or why I don't like this stuff. I remember when the Timothy Zahn books came out, and I was like, I'll try and read this, and I got a few pages. I don't read anyway, but I was like, I was going to try and read the the first one. And I was just like, I don't, I don't, well, I don't want to hear about other characters, and and I don't, I don't want to hear that stuff because I've said this on all of our shows. I'm a big proponent that all good things must come to an end mm. and that continuing things and, and and it often cheapens what you like so i wanted that story to end in 1983 and i still want it to end in 1983 oh like, okay like and i know that i'm in the minority in that and i hope people don't get upset with me for saying that this is the way i feel i love those movies they're 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 very dear to me. I'm sitting in my little man cave now and looking around. I have tons and tons of Star Wars memorabilia and every single bit of it is from those three movies and those three movies only. And uh, I don't, I, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Like I know other people, I want more and I want more. I don't want more. I want to remember those people the way they were. And that's, that's fine with me. I, I, I want it to end. Yeah, I don't know. That's I know that's that's probably sounds kind of strange, but it doesn't. And I mean, I can I I can appreciate that. I that's taken me a long time to actually warm up and kind of I don't know that I'm excited for the new movies, but be ready for the new movies for what they are. So I see where you're coming from. But the point that you you said somewhere in there, and I want to I want to emphasize this. I don't really think anyone that's going to listen to this interview needs this pointed out, but I still think it's worth saying. You have never said to anybody. They should not be excited for the new movies. You, I've always said you're not excited for the new movies. And that irritates me when a comment is made on Facebook by you or myself or Tim or Chris that says you specifically, I'm talking about me, don't want to see this. And people like charge the defense that 
they're being attacked. You've never once said that, and I don't know why people cannot let that go when you make that statement. Because you're right, people have made the comments about your, for lack of a better word, attitude towards the new movies. But that's the thing; it's your attitude. You've never once said no one should be excited about it. So I don't know why people get bent out of shape about an opinion you're holding only to yourself. Right. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, and I, and if people do think that, I think it's the minority. I think it is. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to make it sound like it's a constant burden. It's just when I do see it, I'm like, what? Yeah, he never said anything about you. Calm down, buddy. Yeah, I think I think of the four of us. Um, our listeners tend to gravitate more towards Tim and Chris because they are such uber fans, which is a, the way a lot of our listeners are. They 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 want more of everything and they soak it all mm-hmm. up. And you and I tend to be more like um, purists, if you want to call it that. And not not that I'm. Con- I mean, we both have condemned the prequels. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's that's. I was listening to Patton Oswalt CD the other day, and he said that if he had a time machine, he would go back to 1997 and kill George Lucas. Like that's that's one of his whole routines. Yeah. Brian Posehn, you know, does a whole thing about it too. Um, I, you know, we've condemned that, but I don't begrudge people anymore. I, and and that the show has helped me do that too, and seen seen the enjoyment that people get out of it. And I don't. I don't begrudge anybody for doing that. I just, I like it the way I like it. And yep. I don't know. That's, that's just the way it is. That's a great way to say it. That's a, I mean, yeah, I mean, that is, it's, 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 this sounds too extreme, but I, I really mean it. it's a live and let live situation. I like the way I like it. You like it the way you like it. Let's not argue about it. That's all I want to say about it. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Yep. I wish everybody did that on Facebook, but that's the great part about the anonymity of the internet. People can say whatever they want and be stupid and get me all riled up and it might make for a better show in the end. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> so, all right. Now, moving on a little bit, we got your history of Star Wars. Basically, we found out how we all met. Now, let's get into the the early podcasting years as far as news as goes. It's it's. I've said this. I think on every every interview, Quint and Dave Smith were the ones who got me into podcasting. We started with a couple shows. Actually, take Quint out of that. We started with Greg, our friend Greg. We all excuse me, all know Greg from. Uh, arcade impossible and neos as and we did our first show called the d13 show we sent it out to everybody including you to take a listen to is i'm curious what your exposure is to podcasting or what your knowledge is of podcasting at this point it's it's not existent it's okay. you it's you and 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 that and the f- i remember you i remember this was before I had an iPod or even anything like that. You you would send that out and and I hadn't met Greg yet and I would sit at my computer and listen to the show, to the D13 show. Just because it was like, hey, I know two out of three of these right? guys. Yeah. You know, it was like it was like kind of kind of funky. And then after you did and and invited us on, we participated in the fan film, the movie oh, yes. slash fan film the series that we filmed here as as and it was a lot of fun you and dave had this idea that uh and that's where we met greg too yes. which was really cool uh that you would have the cast of that movie on right and i remember chris and i driving to dave's house and sitting in his recording area and that being the first time that chris and i were ever on a podcast and we talked to you and it was like it was like really cool oh okay so yeah that, that, that was cool. it all right. Well, from there, we do a few more shows 
uh, Dave and I, and then Dave Quint and I, we do the Trailer Pod Boys show, which is, I mean, I, mean, I know I know none of my friends in Quakertown are going to be listening to this, because this show has not hit Quakertown yet. It's it's uh, Canadian, and it's pretty much at the, the early start, it's, it's finding it illegally on the internet, and we did, and we just loved it and did a show about it, but I think, I'm sure you've Certainly, you've always been supportive with everything we have done. I'm sure you listen to it, and I'm guessing you're starting to hear the kind of fun we're having between all the shows we're doing, and the Grady's comes up. Mm-hmm. So I've heard this from Chris's perspective, so I'd like to know what your part was in getting the Grady started, because you played a large part in, in getting that going and then actually hosting almost every episode for years. I think it was probably when the trailer pod boys was going and I knew you guys were getting more popular to the point where you, you had the cast of the show. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's a big deal. Like to, to fans of that show, like that became your show became the voice of the fans for that show. Oh. And I, I think that I, I thought that was really neat. Like that, that you, you could show the the podcast and, and even though it's, it's not in a professional recording studio and people aren't getting paid or whatever, your ability to record and engineer and edit and do all that stuff made as professional a show as people were making that were, you know, doing it for a living. And I think you, I think it probably came from you that you kind of put it out to us. Like if you guys ever have any ideas, you know, maybe we'll do something kind of thing. Because and we always talk about it on the show that it became an excuse for us to kind of just be able to talk. Yes. Because other than you know, every once in a while you would come up, and I remember on Christie's, I listened to Christie's uh, interview. She was trying to remember. You tr- were trying to remember when we met her, mm-hmm. and I think it was after after you guys were married. You came up here, and I remember meeting her in the booth at the (laughs) okay (laughs) in the projection booth because we had been we had been getting christmas cards from you and stuff and i remember uh the first one of the first christmas cards it was really cool it was something that one of you drew oh god okay and it had like little (laughs) caricatures of of each of you and and cats as well i don't know what cats you had back then they might be the same cats you have now uh, but you had a Flyers jersey on in your little drawing of yourself. Maybe <laughs> she, she may have even drawn it. I probably, I probably digitized it, and she probably drew. It. I don't remember this one. I'm sure she has it somewhere in a scrapbook. Yeah, and it was like, and then you were coming, and and she was coming with you, and it was like, oh great, we're gonna get to to meet Christy. And I remember I was working at the at the second theater, not the theater right. we all worked together. Cause I worked, I worked in a movie theater from the time I was 17 until God knows way too long. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> for a long time. Um, and, and it was, it was a great job. It was the best job I ever had. <laughs> and I know that people hear us talk about the movie theater and we talk about our friend Eric and in England, but being a movie theater projectionist is about the best job that anybody could ever have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause you get there, you go upstairs and you don't have to see a single customer. You don't have to see a single employee. <laughs> if anyone comes up in the booth, you scream at them and they run downstairs. <laughs> right. And, uh, you put movies together, you take movies apart, you watch movies, you sleep, you do whatever. It was the greatest job of all time. Uh, but that doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. But, uh, <laughs> no, but you, br- 
you brought her up in the booth and that was the first time I met her. And, uh, yeah, it was. And then I think there was a birthday party or something. That's what you guys were there. for. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember both those events and that's, that sounds about right. I, geez, right. It's more detail than I remember. So but then you, I guess you would put out this, this thing like, Hey, if you guys ever have an idea and instantly Chris and I were kind of talking, oh, we should do something and then we could get, you know, we can get man involved and do, do whatever. And, and who of our age demographic doesn't love eighties movies and start and love to talk about them. And, and we had the, and so I was like, well, why don't we do something with eighties movies? Right. Right. And we can, we can get them involved. We'll kind of just like round table, discuss it. And, 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 and I don't remember how the lists came into it and that kind of stuff, but I do remember the name. There was a, I'm a very huge sports fan. And, uh, when we were, I guess in middle school and high school, there was a show on uh, prism here in Philadelphia called, uh, the great Philadelphia sports debate. And so it was, it was a lot of the guys that are on the morning talk shows, uh, sports talk shows. They had a, a a televised show where they would just sit and argue about sports. And I used to watch it all the time. It was fun. (laughs) And so that's kind of where the name, the Grady's, the great Ah. movie debate came from. I kind of stole it from that Philadelphia, uh, sports talk show. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I've never seen that. I watched, I watched, flyers on prism i think that's as far as it went right uh okay so we got the grady's grady's is up and rolling we get a pretty good reaction out of it you guys actually parlayed a appearance of wizard world out of it yes and we're we know we the logistics are down we know we can record from different places we kind of got that all worked out pretty early on so we know it's fairly straightforward. I don't know if easy is the right word, but we know what it takes. We know how much time it takes. So ideas start to flow and the idea for Star Wars and character comes up again. Heard this from Chris. I was pitched this last. I think I've stated that in one of the other interviews. So you guys had worked out pretty much all the details by the time you got to me. So again, what can you tell me from your perspective how the idea for Star Wars and character came up? Chris told that, I mean, I know we joke about his memory, but he yeah. told that, he told that exactly the way it happened. Oh, okay, cool. It was his idea. I mean, the, the logical place to go for, for Chris, especially with the 80s movies was great and all that, but the logical place to go was Star Wars. Okay. Because at that point, Star Wars was starting, we had been back into Star Wars. We talk about how for a long time, Star Wars was gone. And it was kind of sad. And then the, the, the reissues came out and it came back and they started to be conventions. And I would, I used to go, I don't, I don't, I don't collect autographs. I do have some in the room here. Um, but most of them are from that very first convention we went to. And, uh, like Chris has, has said at that convention, you could get Dave Prowse for like 10 bucks. Right. Right. Because nobody, it wasn't a thing then. Uh, so it was like, it was starting to come back. So that was the logical place, I think, especially for Chris to go, that he came up with this idea. Why don't we take a different character each, each week and talk about it in a comedic way, in a serious way, whatever. Um, don't talk about the major characters. Talk about the minor ones because they'll, they'll probably we, not even knowing about Wikipedia and research that had been done on the Internet by other, by other people that these people even had long backstories. I think the idea was just for us to sit like we did Lobot. For us to sit and just talk about Lobot 
Right. Like not his backstory. I mean, that kind of came into it because Tim ended up doing the research, but it was just for us to talk about what we thought about when we saw Lobata on screen in the movies. That was like the original idea. Oh, and, huh. And that other stuff kind of came along with it. And it was also a way then for Tim to say, or for Chris to say, to get Tim involved because we had been good friends with Tim and Tim at this point had moved away. And it was sad because like Chris always talks about, they were joined at the hip. Yeah. <laughs> like for a long time. And I know Chris was sad when he left. Right. I was sad too, but I think it, was, it had more of an effect on Chris than it did on me because Tim lived right down the alley from Chris. Like there wasn't a time that like you went to Chris's house that Tim wasn't there or didn't get there when you came. (laughs) Right. Like they, they were really tight. So this was a way to get Tim involved too. Not that he couldn't have been involved, been involved in the Grady's, but you know, knowing what a huge star Wars fan Tim is, this was perfect. Oh yeah. So he told that he told that, right. Yeah. That's, that's the way that happened. Okay. So, all right, we got the show. We, we told Chris, told the story how i got involved and i tried to i guess i think i successfully pulled that trick on you that i didn't want to do it and yada 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 i think we yeah, told that, that story more than once actually that part is true too we <laughs> uh we got together with dave the other dave the uh, one of the original news as you know founders and kind of he was in town from california because dave lives in california so he was in town and it was like hey let's get there for get together for a beer so we got together for a beer in fact he took a picture that night that i think is on like one of our facebook things oh wow <laughs> of chris and i like with our arms around each other like holding up our beers or something uh, i like think that. i remember that one yeah, yeah. i took it off my thing because i don't want to have because working in education yes. i don't want to have my picture with a beer in my hand on anything but uh i'm just probably still on chris's but yeah and, and we were like hey we had you know chris had this idea and and told dave and he's like yeah you should definitely tell matt and then i guess he told you yeah. and you yeah that that everything that he came up with there bad memory and all was <laughs> was dead balls accurate i don't know why i remember this i do remember dave was like on his east coast tour because he came right to florida after seeing you guys so it was fresh in his mind and then after he left we had got together most likely for a great ease and i had that all already and i was gonna say no and See, I thought I was I was waiting for a uh, a come on from Chris, but there was dead silence. So it actually kind of didn't work out the way I planned, but still funny. <laughs> well, you probably shocked him. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> You're, that's one of the few times that's ever happened. That's true. That's true. That's wow. I wish I had recorded that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so the cast is set. Uh, we have the show. Idea. Like I said, by the time it got to me, the the idea was was exactly what you. What we recorded is what was presented to me. So we recorded. Tim does his originally three facts, and we have our our trivia, which is a great addition. And now, as far you've been the trivia master, pretty much the whole go round. But apart from that, I mean, preparing for trivia, I think is pretty straightforward. We don't need to explore that too much, or maybe unless you have some good stories on that. But I, I'm more curious right now, and my question would be: What kind of preparation did you do for the show outside the trivia? This first time around. I don't remember when I started timing the people and I've kind of gotten away from that just for whatever reason. Um, Cause the, the, I, I mean, I don't know if that ad, adds anything to the show in some cases it did, especially with like Wilbur Hood and we we're going for like a record or something like that. Right. So I probably with Tim doing the research and and me not really writing any questions at the beginning, I probably didn't do much. I probably just 
watch i i used to write i used to write jokes i used to write comedy for um american comedy network and my friend rich that i used to work with uh got the job and what we did was you know like when you're listening to the radio if anyone still listens to the radio <laughs> um how the djs will will do a bumper and say some stupid joke that makes you you know want to turn your radio off and curse at them yeah we used to write those jokes oh <laughs> so thanks for that yeah you're you, welcome. you killed radio <laughs> my friend rich is a comedy writer and he he got he, he's written comedy for like stand-up comedians and sentiment like like done some some work like that and he submitted some writing and got this job with the american comedy network and what we had to do it was it was actually kind of like a pain in the ass <laughs> uh we had to write 13 jokes a day 10 oh my god and and ten, 10 of them had to be um about something in the news it had to be like you know like today the pope visited so-and-so we'd have to write a joke about that two of them had to be um birthday jokes about who whosever birthday it was that day and one of them had to be a this day in history joke based on what happened on history in that day so we would have to do this several days in, in advance of you know of course like if it was patrick stewart's birthday in three days we had to write a patrick stewart joke that day mm. because it was going out oh all over the air all over the country I never once heard any of my jokes oh. performed because I don't know. I mean, it could have been performed in Salt Lake City. Oh, right. You know, okay. Like, you don't know. Like, they were just sent out to DJs. Read this shit. Uh. Two idiots in Philadelphia wrote them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, like, that's what we did. So, I'm a big, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm much better when I write things down. Like, I'm much better at written comedy than speaking comedy. So probably what I did is what I still do when I, when I watch stuff for the Grady's or for whatever if I think of a joke, I'm constantly writing things down. Okay. So that's probably what I did for that. Um, at the beginning, I've listened to those first couple of shows a few times, not, not necessarily recently, but they're actually kind of boring because the shows are short. There's not a lot of jokes. We're probably unsure of ourselves mm -hmm. and we're getting our feet wet. There are things that now, like if we went, we should, we should maybe like at episode 200 or something, go back and do Lobot again. Oh yeah, that's not a bad idea. And say like this: this is a this is a commemorative episode. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen to this, and now listen to this, and how much different it would be. There's things we would say now that we never would have thought of when we first did that. Yeah. Because um, we were kind of like new to it. But I'm when I watch stuff, even when I watch it with my son. My son is very funny. Yes. Well, he's, he he's he's 12 years old, and he's got he's got a great sense of humor. And if he says stuff, I'll write it down. Like we'll sit there and watch the movies, and we'll. We'll take the piss out of it. Um, and I'm constantly writing things down. So that's probably all the research I did was just to write down initial thoughts of, of possible jokes. Maybe they didn't go anywhere. Maybe they did. Right, right. That's what I would do with this comedy stuff. I always had wads of paper falling out of my pockets <laughs> because I'd be, I'd have to, it would be time. I'd have to write a joke about Anna Nicole Smith dying, you know? Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> and it would be like, oh crap, you know, like, uh, you know, they, they had to expand the coffin so our boobs would fit in, you know, like whatever, <laughs> something like that. Like, the, you know, like I, I have paper falling out of my pockets all the time because I was writing things down, which is what I do for these shows. I'm glad you prefaced that paper because uh, that's going to come up later. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's, well, that's, first of all, absolutely not something i knew i there's something in my head that there's a familiarity to this story but i don't think i knew it to the extent you just told me so that was awesome to hear 
and I got paid for the comedy, American Comedy Network, which was nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. It's 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 a good feeling to whether it's good or bad. And I'm saying these jokes <laughs> were awful. Like I'm telling you, these jokes were awful. One time I saw one of my jokes on their website on the main page. When you click on like as a customer, it's like this is an example of what you can get. One of my jokes was on the main page, like the only joke on the page the first time. And I remember oh, wow. that. I remember that being a like. I did something that somebody liked. Yeah. And I and I got paid for it. That's cool. And we did it for like two or three years. Wow. So, okay. Now you did. You, I mean, there's no doubt the first episodes are wildly different than what we're doing now. I mean, it's four years later. I mean, things, things change. Hopefully they get better. I think in our case, they get better. But the release came out. We're recording pretty regularly. We're recording two, three at a time, getting them out every week. And... This show, more than any other show, more than at the point at that point, Trailer Pod Boys was the one we got the most feedback on. We're already surpassing the amount of feedback we're getting on the show on iTunes and on Facebook. And it's, if not all, it is predominantly positive. People are really responding to the show. Did that surprise you at all? I mean, what, what did you think of that? It did surprise me because we had been doing the Grady's and there were, we were people that listen and we get nice messages and stuff like that, but surprised. And, and, and even to this day, like if you look on the Facebook page for the Grady's, there's not that many people on it. Um, but how quickly things were different with the Star Wars one, probably just because of the subject matter. Yes. I certainly um, think that got us our initial exposure, no doubt. Yeah. Um, so and and I don't listen to any other Star Wars podcast. Like I've never, I've never in my life heard another Star Wars podcast other than ours. Wow! But I just go with what you guys say, and I know Chris listens to several, and so does Tim. That ours was so different, right? Being more of like a, a comedy or being, being raunchy, certainly at times, being irreverent, but still always with an anchor of reverence because we all loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that our show was different than other people. So I guess that had something to do with it. Um, but yeah, I remember being surprised. Like I remember like, you know, like we created this Facebook page and then the, the reviews started coming in on iTunes and it was like, wow, like that's <laughs> a lot more than the Grady's like right off the bat. And then you would start to tell us, cause none of us know you like you alone would know like the download numbers and stuff like that. And you would tell us and it would be like, it would keep going up. Yeah. And, and to me, it was like a lot of people. It like, is. It still is. Like, yeah, like like I was shocked. It, maybe because I'm I don't I don't listen to I don't really listen to podcasts <laughs> right. at all. Like I used to more more so than I do now. But I'm I I yeah definitely shock is a good word for it. Wow. Okay. So now this I don't know if I asked Chris or Tim this, but I put this in your list of questions. We're we're having pretty. Good exposure, pretty good success with the show. People are responding to it. People are, are getting what we're trying to do, and not there's always a fear of mine that they wouldn't like it. But above all that, um, we are able to keep in touch with each other in a way we hadn't for almost literally decades, real cl- at least a decade. I'm thinking to you, or uh, I'm thinking that this might be an important aspect to you more so than maybe tim and chris i know it was for me i'm just curious that's a feeling i had always gotten because like i said you were the one that i was writing u.s postal mail back and forth to when i was out of the country chris and tim i would see whenever i'd see so i'm thinking that this constant contact we're having with each other because we do talk we catch up a lot before every episode 
I'm thinking this is an important aspect to it, as well as every all the other things that are coming with it to you. Am I, am I right in that? Yeah, yeah, you are definitely oh, okay because the uh, we do often talk before. It's probably way too long. Like, <laughs> yeah. if we would cut short the talking before, we could at least do one other episode, right? Yeah, because um, we sit there and 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 we'll just kibitz like you know old ladies, um, and that was important to me. Like I said, with like I see, I I, I saw Chris all the time, right? Um, so it wasn't as big a deal with Chris, but to to be able to talk to Tim and you, yeah, the 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 social part of it. Cause, cause my thing has always been with any of these shows. Um, if it's not fun, yes, <laughs> you shouldn't do it at all. Absolutely. Um, we're not getting paid to do this. It's a lot of work, especially for you. So if, if it wasn't fun, if it was, if it was like, Oh, I got to record. Oh, I got to talk to Tim. You know, it's <laughs> like, then, then what's the point of doing it? Because then it would come through on the episodes. I think people like our show because of the chemistry we have. And it's not like we fake it. So, if we really didn't enjoy talking to each other for that hour before we, we record, it would come through on the shows and people would be like, these guys are kind of awkward together or something <laughs> yeah. like that. So no, I think that's a big part of it. And and it would transfer into the other things too, to, to the Grady's to being able to talk. Cause I mean, I've probably only seen Christy in person in my life five times. I don't know. Yeah, That's probably like, all right. It hasn't been that many times, but from talking to her on the Grady's, I feel very close to Christy. Right. Like, and she said something on there, like that she thought of me as like a brother. And, and I feel the same way about her. I feel like her, I feel like, I feel like a sisterly brotherly kind of relationship. Like she's, she and I are a lot alike. And I've learned that through this show. Yes. And getting to talk to her on there has really created and solidified a friendship. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I mean, just the fact that she had said that it's obvious it's, it's, the same thing has happened she she couldn't have it's logistically impossible for her to see you more times than you've seen her so yeah i mean it's it's amazing that you can form these relationships with so little actual face-to-face contact yeah and then that 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 goes off on a whole another tangent with the people that i now consider myself friends with that we've never met yes i know yep. <laughs> i mean there's a lot of people out there i've never met eric i've never met mark newbold right and and all these other people and even when like David Dave Dave Neos as Dave has been on a few times. I consider myself friends with Dave. What do we see him like once a year? Yeah, right. You know, I don't. You know, I don't. It's 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 an it's to me been. I've always said this. It's the nicest thing about all of this is, and I use air quotes by myself, and no <laughs> one can see me getting to meet people yeah. that you would have never met. I've uh, this um, Scott. I don't want to say last names. I don't know if people want their last names. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah. um, Scott, and he bought the uh, custom-made action figure that we made for Mav Krim. We met him at the convention. Um, he lives in Pittsburgh. He's told me when I go to Pittsburgh, I got a place to stay or you know, at least yeah. somebody to get a beer with. He was in Philadelphia uh, a couple months ago. He's like, where, do I, where can I go to watch English Premier League games? I told him, this is where you go. It's actually where I had breakfast this morning. I was down in Philadelphia this morning. You go to Fado, because that's where they show the English <laughs> Premier League games. It's like an authentic Irish pub. Uh, he and I are friends on uh, PlayStation. You know, oh, wow. Play- he's, he's a Penguins fan. I'm a Flyers fan. I could play him in hockey on a PS4. <laughs> nice. I don't, I'm, you know, I don't know him. Yeah. But, but this, this guy's my friend now. You yeah. know, it's like, it's bizarre. And, and. That goes for so many people that we're not mentioning. That to me has been the best part of all this stuff. 
um, by far. Yeah, I I can't agree more. I mean, the Eric example you gave. I mean, who in their right mind travels? gets on a plane for eight hours to step off and have this person you've only known online take you to your hotel and then spend a week with i mean you tell someone that 10 years ago and they think you're you're crazy it's like well that's the last i'm ever going to see him again you know yeah. that's, a, that's what they think but no i mean i had <laughs> he was my friend at that point and there was no question about it and christy only sees him on facebook but she knows contact we've had and how i've gotten to know him and it's perfectly normal to her too it is it is it's awesome and bizarre at the same time i, I couldn't agree with what you just said anymore it is it's it's but it's cool it's, yeah. i mean it's like there and and i i hate to start naming people because i know we're gonna leave people out but like yes yes how, <laughs> like how lou yeah. i was talking about this actually today because of, like i said i was down in philadelphia and i and i had dinner in chinatown last night there's a tattoo parlor in chinatown called Philadelphia Eddies or something like that, which is where Lou went to get a Star Wars tattoo from Philadelphia Eddie, who happened to mention to him while he was getting a Stormtrooper tattoo, hey, you should listen to this podcast I listen to called Star Wars in Character, which led Lou to listen to the podcast, which led him to get in touch with us, which led him to enter a contest yeah. where he took where 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 he he uh, took a picture of himself, like a selfie kind of thing. Which led him into, I'm a professional photographer, and him doing some photography work with us, to being at Chris's house, yeah. to appearing at a, a, a live event with us in Bethlehem, to him having his own show on yep. the Azaz, which is, it's an amazing chain of events. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, I, I went to a Phillies game with Lou. Yeah. I have season tickets of the Phillies. Um, I, at last minute, someone canceled. I'm like, who do I know? Lou lives in South Philadelphia. Lou, do you want to come to the Phillies game? I'll leave it at will call. I sat next to Lou for three hours and watched the Phillies game. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't know Lou, but now he's my friend. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> and Ted Dastic, you know, like all these guys, uh, this, this, this has been the, the coolest part, uh, about all this. I feel like if we went to, uh, if you guys are going to Anaheim, mm -hmm. Chris and Tim are going to share a room with someone they met yeah, through the show. Yeah. Like, I feel like if we went to almost any city and did an appearance, we would bump into somebody that we've, air quotes, met yes. through the show uh, enough that you could sit down and have a beer with them and have it be an authentic, friend-like conversation and not even feel the least bit weird. Yes. I Yeah, it is. It, 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 it is strange. It's cool and strange. I mean, not <laughs> I'm not weirded out by it. It's just, it's like I said, we grew up in a age where you didn't talk to strangers and you didn't leave your parents' sight or else, you know, you turned into a, uh, a movie of the week. Now here we are people we don't know except for online. And we are spending good amounts of time with them and, and developing friendships and having fun. It's just very strange from the way I was raised. Yeah, absolutely. And like Chris said, with, and social media has a lot to do with that. When people from the show, like listeners, send me a friend request on Facebook, I would say yes, because it's like they, they cared enough to listen to our show. Oh uh, yeah. Right. Um, and if they want to drop me a line every once in a while and I, and I talk back to the people, I'm constantly getting tree octopus stuff. from people. <laughs> right. I love it. It's funny. <laughs> so. Well, we've certainly talked about meeting people and interacting with listeners and becoming friends with them. But at one point we had done a live episode. It was episode 25 where we had more interaction, but the point I'm bringing this one up for is it led to a getting in contact with Steven Stanton, who is a voice actor on the Clone Wars, which led to a series of interviews that Tim set up, which led to the one 
single one I need to talk to you about, which was our interview and special episode with then Mets pitcher R.A. Dickey. <laughs> yeah. That was great. I, that was all Tim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tim. Oh, and Tim, Tim told his story about how that, how he set that up and, and, and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, I wanted to be involved because the, what we had planned to do was different than the interviews. And I said, Oh, this sounds fun. Didn't know R.A. Dickey from anything, looked him up and went, wow, this guy is pretty accomplished. I, I can't even fathom what went through your head when Tim sent a message saying, Hey, I'm talking to R.A. Dickey, uh, whatever it said, Tuesday at eight o'clock. What, what, <laughs> what went through your mind when you read that email? It was great. Like, the fact that Tim was able to Tim, this is the other thing I admire about Tim. This is like my, I guess I have like a man crush on Tim or something. <laughs> he he doesn't ever think anything's out of the realm of possibility. Yes, true. Like like he's just oh, I'm, I'm going to try. Like he that's his. I think that's his theory. Like I'm I'm going to try. What, what's the worst I can say that you say no? Yep. You know, like so he's willing to to do some legwork and stuff like this, and he likes to talk to celebrities and and not only Star Wars celebrities but celebrities in general. So he doesn't mind putting himself out there, and sometimes it works, like it did with him. Um, I didn't know he was a big Star Wars fan until Tim told me. Right. This is this is R. A. Dickey, and that was the year before he won the Cy Young. And and being a huge baseball fan, I knew who he was anyway. Right. Because there aren't many knuckleball pitchers left in baseball anyway. In fact, there's a documentary that came out two years ago called Knuckleball. Yes. And he's one of the people in it. Which I only watched because we had interviewed R.A. Dickey. <laughs> yeah. um, him being a member of the Mets made it easier for me to know who he was, too, because they're in the same division as Philly. So, um, But I knew who he was, and he – it's funny. I don't, I don't want to talk about baseball a whole lot, but Knuckleball pitchers – often give teams fits because you don't see them that often. Mm, okay. So knuckleball pitchers either get killed or they just blank somebody. And he always seemed to blank the Phillies. Wow. <laughs> he would kill He would kill the Phillies. So I knew who he was. And it wasn't like I disliked him or anything. No, no. But when that, when he said that was happening, I was, I was really excited because you, you know, they get really excited over star Wars celebrities and, and that's good. But I feel like I'm more that way with athletes. Right. And that was happening on our show. It was like the best of both worlds. So, yeah, like I was super stoked. And then to actually talk to him and him be such a nice guy and yes. so generous with his time. That was a long episode. And he hung in there the whole time. And and he's he's a pretty uh, reserved man, I think, as far as, you know, the content of our show. Like, I think maybe some of that stuff may have offended him. And I think we toned it down a little. Mm-hmm. But uh, he hung in there like a champ. And I remember saying something to him about I was going to win the Cy Young Award that year. And he did. Yeah. <laughs> so when the Mets played the Phillies after that, I guess I season tickets. And I remember saying to my son, like, I wonder, I, I don't have the guts to do this, but I was like, I wonder if we could finagle something like, oh, right. Let, let him know. Like he, he, he would have to remember, you know, he was on the show. Like, yeah, it's Dave from Star Wars in character. Can we uh, come down? Because I just wanted to meet him. Like, Tim got right. to meet him at a book signing. Yes, yes. I don't I want, like, a guided tour of the Mets locker room. I just want to shake his hand, you know, yeah. like, and say to th- say thank you. And, and what an honor it was for him to be on our show. Yeah. You know? And have my son meet him. Right. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Now, we, speaking of that, you, you uh, obviously, I, I'm on your Facebook page, and, and you've met a lot of Phillies at signings and events, and you take pictures of them with your son. 
how does this, I don't want to say the experience, but the exposure. I mean, we talked to Ari Dickey for like 90 minutes. I'm guessing this is much like the conventions Chris and Tim go to where you stand in line, you get your five minutes with them, and then you have to move on just because they're at an event. What is what is this like compared to your past experiences meeting major leaguers? It was be- it was better in in a sense like that. Even though he wasn't, you know, like it wasn't a Philly that we were watching all the time and right. stuff like that. It was good because you felt like you were making a personal connection. Like when I go to these things, I don't care about autographs. I care about. Um, talking to the person and even if it's for 30 seconds maybe making some kind of small connection Mm -hmm. Um, a good friend of mine he he was an autograph collector and he had this thing and I would go with him sometimes to to these things his thing was uh, you talk to him about something other than baseball or hockey or whatever it was like I remember he went to he met uh, Cal Ripken and we, we went and stood in line and I was like, I'll go with you. I, I want to look at Cal Ripken, you know? Right. Like, so we got up to the line and he was like, everybody's like, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. You know, the streak, you know, iron horse, you know, he's heard it a million times. My friend gets up, gets up there and says, you were awesome on Letterman last week. Oh, nice. And, and Ripken lights up. Nice. You know, like, right. It, and if it was like, Oh, thanks. You know, like, uh, it was a lot of fun to do. That's all I want. Yeah. I want, I want, especially with my son. I, I said this on the show. I judge everybody by the way they treat children. Oh, okay. And if we can go to one of these things and these guys will have a nice word or two to say to my son, that's all I want. And that was like that for us. That was like 90 minutes of him <laughs> having a nice word with us. And, and yeah, I remember even seeing games after that, like watching the Mets and he would pitch and I'd be like, I, I jokingly say to my, my son, like, yeah, I know that guy. I'm friends yeah. with <laughs> Talk to him the other day for an hour and a half. Yeah. You know? Watch the game with Paul Rudd with him. Yeah, my that's right. <laughs> my other buddy. That's right. I made Paul Rudd laugh at a Phillies that's game. That's right. <laughs> now, that was a pretty big event, but it was certainly followed by another event that we didn't really anticipate being that big, but was. And I am talking about the infamous April Fool's episode of Mav Krim. Right. And I wanted to talk to you about this because whether or not it was fully explained, the story really came down to two people. You wrote out what the story was, and then Tim ran with it with the presentation. So tell me about the writing process of this now infamous character, at least in the Swick universe. No, I don't remember. I don't remember. I guess we decided that it was going to be an April Fool's thing together. I don't remember how we decided that we were going to try and mess with people. Because I remember throwing around ideas, and one of the first ideas was that we were gonna we were gonna do a Star Trek character yeah. instead of a Star Wars, and it was like, yeah, that would have been fine for a couple minutes. But then we came up, I think, as a group. I don't remember if it was it wasn't any one person's idea to come up with a fake character and portray it as a real character. And uh, so I remember doing a lot of writing because I like to write, mm-hmm. like you do, like you do too. Um, just while I'm at work and have a few minutes, I write up some stuff like, and a lot of the stuff was almost like a, like a commentary on some of these backstories. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It was poking fun at the, the garden variety backstory that we were running into, or at least notice we were running into with other characters and putting our own little twist on it. So, um, kind of adding 
almost like a, a pointing a finger at some of these backstories <laughs> as well that I, I know I enjoyed writing and, and I know we all participated in it, but uh, I, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I, I remember recording the episode and, and only a few times did we break character yeah. or something like that. Um, but that, I think that set the bar really high then for yeah. us with this April Fool's idea because it went over so well to the point that, uh, you know, people were angry because we distorted the sound the week before. <laughs> all right. I think that was, that was all you. It was like, you know, next week we're going to talk about, and it was like kind of scratchy. Yep. And people were upset because if, if we had put that in, if we had put the character's name in there, the joke would have never even got to the light of day because people would have started to research it right then and there and that, said, wait a second, there is no such thing. That was the exact conversation we had. Yes. Right. So I just remember the, to me, that's, that's been one of the most fun things about doing any of this stuff, the song parodies and the character and, and all that kind of stuff. I love to write probably more than I'd like to talk, although I'm talking more than I thought I would. <laughs> that's fine. Well, um, it's, I enjoy writing. I enjoy writing, and that was a lot of fun to write. Let's talk about writing. This leads directly. This is a big year. Everything we have talked about, starting with Ari Dickey, this is all in the same year. Now we find out we are going to Celebration 6. Not only are we going, I don't even think we were going to go in the first place if this hadn't happened. At least, I mean, I'm speaking for you and I. But we find out we're given a show, a full hour to do. Well, we have to come up with a pitch, let's say. So we come up with a pitch, and we it's a Star Wars Obscure Character Face-Off, which I'm sure most people have heard by now. But that took a pretty a large amount of writing in a short period of time. But first, even before we get to the writing, I mean, Chris and Tim have given me their opinions of what they were thinking when they got the news. But what was yours? Because that was I'm more nothing against Chris and Tim, because I can pretty much predict what their reaction was. What was your reaction when I sent out the email saying, hey, we got approved for a show. It's this day in this room, yada, yada, yada. Mine was, uh, I'm sure it was far less jubilation because the first thing I was probably thinking is probably more along the lines, maybe what you were thinking. First, I was panicked because if we're approved for this and this is a real show and now people expect us to put on a show, we need to really do a good job Yeah, <laughs> and, and we need to write this. So I probably didn't, I probably skipped over the excitement of being involved right off the bat and immediately started to panic because that meant that we had to actually do this. Right. Um, my next, and, and if for even, I wasn't even sure if I was going to go. Right. Not at first. at first. That is true. Because I, I mean, I, I, I hate to fly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to the point where like, I seriously have like panic attacks. Like I getting on an airplane is a, is a big deal for me. Yeah. Um, so to, that's one of the other reasons I'm not going to, Anaheim. right. <laughs> um, I did that flight once to San Diego and it was, it was okay, but it's, it's hard. And, um, I remember being not nervous. I, I'm not nervous when I perform anything or do anything like that. I don't get nervous, but I remember being nervous, getting that news. Oh, wow. Which is, okay. Which is like, you know, like once we got to the show and it was written and all that stuff, even though there was hundreds of people there, no, not nervous at all. Wow. Like, get me get me up there and we're good. But to to then know that the, it was probably the pressure 
to know that this had to be written. I think here's an angle I don't think we've ever talked about, even our behind-the-scenes special. Now, we had we had come up with the idea. We came up with the idea all together in a recording. I had written out the uh, proposal. Actually, well, I mean, I wrote out the – I wrote it in Matt Scratch, which is not far from the way Charlie writes on Always Sunny in Philadelphia – and then I give it to my wife, who knows how to present these things, and she puts it together for me. We send it off to Lucasfilm. It gets approved, and we had to start writing. We knew what we were going to do. The layout was was done, but we had to write. We had to write. What do we have to write? Like six jokes for each possible character in each yep. possible round, and yep, we because it was three, and then two, and then one yeah. for every character. And I remember the thing that I and we thankfully got them out there when we kind of did the whole show. Uh, after the fact yeah. we, we recorded them because I remember some of the best jokes we wrote never got heard by anybody yes. because those characters didn't move on in the tournament. And I always felt bad about that. Well, there was- I think that's true of anybody that writes any kind of comedy. I'm not saying I'm a comedy writer, but you write, if you write something that you think is good and then, 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 and no one gets to hear it, that's like, it always like bothers you, like gets you. Yes. Well, there's two things during the writing that came up first was we're we're writing it we had a lot of music cue jokes that were really funny that we did play on our special but we're reading through our paperwork on the show and it really seemed like christy read it from her entertainment manager's perspective that we couldn't use the music unless we had the the mma or mca or whatever rights were licensed which we weren't gonna pay it's thousands of dollars so we had to rewrite a lot of those jokes then to complicate matters Worse as far as writing, but better for the show. Leland Chi wanted to be involved, which we were happy to have. And then he gave us the information he was going to present. And some of his, some of the things he presented, we made jokes from for like, well, we don't want to directly, you know, insult his presentation. So let's rewrite that. So we had two rewrites in a very short amount of time. We're talking like 60 days, I think, at best, if that's even right. It may have been closer to 45. Yeah, you're right about that. That was uh, the the music thing. I remember being a really big deal because some of some of the jokes were just they just kind of fell into place because it was be like we'd all be kind of brainstorming and the the line would come out and it was just like it just like went right to a song title or right to a clip from a song or something like that. And it was like this is good. We don't have to worry about this. This one's done. Right. And then we got that news about <laughs> the music and having to pay thousands of dollars in fines if we needed music <laughs> yeah. that we were like, now we have to write these. And I remember then going back and writing some of those and be like, we'd write something, but it was like, but the song was better. Yeah. And feeling, feeling a little bit bad about that. Uh, that, that was, yeah, that was a, that was a kind of a big blow. Yes. Yeah. As far as production went, I guess is getting ready, but but we did we got through it. We got everything written. We're the day of the show, the week of the show comes along. Everyone's here in Orlando. We do a rehearsal in my living room. Pretty much, we had done rehearsals online as well, but this was a technical rehearsal. We had to make sure all the gear, mainly the presentation, because there's a whole video thing that went with it. Tested it out, worked well. I felt we were ready. We get to the show. We're standing outside. The force cast of all people are ahead of us, so there's a room full of people already in this show. We're waiting outside. What is going through your mind at this point? Because what I forgot to mention is that people are starting to line up for our show already as well, too, which I was very surprised at. What's going through your mind before we walk in and set up for our our thing? I I don't think I was phased by that. I don't okay. I don't listen like I said, I've never heard another Star Wars podcast. So I remember 
Tim and Chris are big fans of of what that show was, and still listen to the the I don't know if the new incantation of it and and the show that those other guys do. Um, but I remember them being instantly like almost like intimidated that we have to follow them, and and they're a huge show. They're the biggest Star Wars podcast around, and all that kind of stuff. And to me, that didn't mean anything because I didn't know who they were. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I, and I'm not trying to to slight those guys. No, no, I understand. So they do a great show. I I just to me, I was just like, well. That's their show, but this is us. Like we're we're the Howard Stearns of Star Wars podcast. <laughs> like we say vile stuff. Right? Do they do that? You know, like like it was it was it was different. But I think they were worried that like when they were done, the place was going to clear out with them. Yes. And at first, when we went in and started to set up, um, there weren't a lot of people there at first, and it was kind of like I was like, oh, there's not going to be that many people here. But that changed pretty quickly, and people started to pile in themselves. And that made me feel better. I think maybe the first couple of minutes when we first got in the room, I, f- I was a little crestfallen mm. because maybe I was like, I was like, oh, what what Chris and Tim said might happen has happened. Right. And it would be a shame to do all this work and fly all the way down here and do all this stuff for, you know, 15 people. Yeah. I mean, we uh, yeah. When we got set up, there was like, he's at best 50 people spread out. But once once the show got rolling, there was probably a couple hundred but you're you're right once we once we the show started and we got louder and whatnot when we're in that first round there's got to be like a good 300 people and quint who's was there recording everything for us he did a head count at the apex like we're where we're getting into the semifinals and he counted he stopped counting at 500 people wow so we're talking about 500 people in seats another 20 standing everyone's making a ton of noise how much fun, if any, I'm sure you're having, how much fun are you having at this point of the show? That was, that was amazingly fun. And I remember thinking the whole time too, I was thinking about, I was thinking about you because the stuff that you did with the computer and and the graphics and the sound meter and all that stuff, I remember it being amazing. And I remember hoping that nothing went wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not because of the show, but because I was I was worried that it would upset you because I knew how much work you put in not only that but everything that we do. And we've said it a million times about how you are not only the backbone of this and all shows, you're every single vertebrae. So to me I was I was like I I think I was probably thinking mainly I hope this works out for the other guys <laughs> because I don't I mean, I don't go to a lot of conventions, mm-hmm. um, so I knew that from a from an entertainment standpoint, this was really important to you and Christy, and Quint was helping, and Dave was helping, and Karen was helping. Our kids were helping. Chris and Tim were like knee deep in this hoopla, yeah. And I felt like I was just kind of like I was a I was a guest star to to help things move along. But if if you know, I was mainly concerned for you guys that I wanted this to go well for you. Because okay. uh, I don't know, like, like, like for whatever reason, that that's what I was thinking. Hmm. And Leland being there, I think helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. Not definitely. only was he would probably drew some people in, and and he, and his facts were great. He was also very very funny in in his in his own way too. And and I think that that just added to it. But to to be there at like you said at the apex with five hundred plus people. Um, it was something that I'll always remember because like, I, you know, like I like to perform and I like to write right. jokes and stuff like that. And 
I think I think you're probably gonna. I know you've asked this question of the other people. Like, if there's one moment on the show, <laughs> right? The 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 moment, and I even asked you to isolate it for me. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, it was it was uh, we're doing the joke about Porkins and talking about how he was known as a belly runner, and people laughed. This was the setup for the yes, joke. Yes, right. People laughed at the setup. Like laughed pretty hard. And it was just an improv moment. It wasn't much of a thing to say, but I remember, and, and in the video, you can see me do this. Like people, la- I'm looking down reading and when people laugh, I kind of like look up out of the side of my eye <laughs> and I say, that wasn't even the joke. Yep. <laughs> and then everybody laughed harder. Yep. Yeah. That's um, a great moment. To make 500 plus people laugh like that with something that you just say off the cuff is a feeling that probably not many people get. Yes. So True. That was probably one of my moments or my moment for this, for being involved in all this. And, and I thank you and, and Chris and Tim and Christy and, and, and everybody involved and all the listeners for giving me that moment because it's, it's a really great feeling. And then when we said the real joke that we did right with, I think it was the fat bastard. Oh, uh, I think so. Get yeah. In my, <laughs> get in my belly. That got an even bigger laugh. So it was like a, a, a little bit of a laugh, a bigger laugh. A biggest laugh that yep. that sequence of, of that question being asked was probably one of the highlights of doing this at all yeah yeah that's a great point so now th- that show ends i mean the show is over and this i i still don't know i mean i'm happy to do it if someone asked me to but we had about a dozen people come up and ask us to sign the giveaway cd we gave or some other items what was that like from your perspective it was, it was weird. Yeah, okay. <laughs> because, uh, like I said, like even my precursor to this, I, I don't. I feel uncomfortable talking about myself. Although it's it's going pretty well, man. Yeah. I gotta tell you, it's going pretty, pretty, pretty well. Okay, so to, for someone to ask, like I know that, like I know Chris and Tim because they love autographs. That, like, exactly. Yes, that's why like, this question even exists because it was more geared toward them. They that's that's their thing. I remember. I think I even may have asked someone like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, like um, it made me uncomfortable, I guess, but I guess it's, it's another cool highlight in someone's life that you can say, there's not many people probably that can say they've signed an autograph. Yeah. Uh, when you get right down to it. So uh, the, I guess, I guess it was cool, especially, I mean, my son just went to bed. I should ask him. Um <laughs> I should have said, like, did you see me sign an autograph? I want to ingrain that in your brain. So one day when you hate me, you can say, well, I saw my dad sign autographs. That's right. The most fun part of that was throwing the Frisbees out afterwards. That was cool. I was, yeah. I was throwing Frisbees out into the audience. So yep. I almost pegged some girl. <laughs> that would have been bad. That was, yeah, it's still funny. It's still, yo, I'm not saying it would have been funny. <laughs> so still in this same year. Now, we had our, our Christmas Spectacular. I'm not going to go into that because we have a whole special on that but we did have our very first fundraiser for toys for tots that we did nothing for other than just asking people hey we want to bring some star wars toys to something we've been invited to give us some money i mean that's basically what it was and they did and you and chris were able to buy over a hundred toys and not only that i didn't even i don't even have this written down but i'm gonna ask you filmed it what is this experience filming Chris acting like Chris in a toy store for, from your perspective, this, I got to hear. I didn't even think of this question until now. It was funny because we were, Chris and I have always done stupid stuff. 
like usually in movie theaters. Um, and I remember that we decided we were going to do this and I was shocked that we got, we got like $600. Right. So that was like, we couldn't believe it. Right. Um, but decided before we actually filmed him buying the toys that we had to do something. Yes. So yep. we went to the uh, store and the first thing we did was walk around the store and sort of like thought up jokes. Really? Beforehand. That's Some, cool. So, I mean, it was like when we saw the, 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 he, he was doing inappropriate things with the twilight dolls. <laughs> we we're like, well, it wasn't, it wasn't mapped out that, 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 that's what he was right. going to do. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. like, you, you got to do some of the dolls. But yeah, I was like, you got to do this. We got to do this. The, I remember my, one of my favorite jokes in that thing was um, him <laughs> holding up the Dora coloring book sideways. Like centerfold. <laughs> right. That was all him. Like that was all him. So it was, we kind of just did a quick tour of the store. Like this is what we got to do. We also came up with, almost like a getaway plan like uh, okay <laughs> because there was a possibility that they wouldn't appreciate us doing this yeah like i don't know like we're filming in a store we're doing whatever with toys you know um and i remember as it went on we did start to get some attention i bet from workers and from customers so we, we did it i think we did a good job of oh yeah not drawing too much attention to ourselves we would find a a a a spot that there weren't too many people around to do, you know, so it was, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely fun, but it, it's the kind of thing where like, you just cut him loose and let him do his thing. <laughs> right. um, and I'm more than happy to be behind the camera and do that than yeah. certainly, than certainly be in it. Cause uh, Chris has no, Chris has no barometer of, of shame. Like he'll do True. anything for a laugh. And that's one of the things I admire about him that I, I could not do. Like there are some, like even there, like some of the songs we've written for the Christmas things I've written and (laughs) said, I cannot sing this song because I just don't want certain people to hear it. Or like, I just don't have the guts to sing it and pass it along usually to Chris because he doesn't care. Um, so that was, that was easy to do as far as that store goes because he, he can just, he can just riff. Yeah. And that's, that's basically what he did. The, some of that stuff, like I said, was was like kind of planned out, but not, not to the extreme where like you say this, I'll say this. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it was just right. like, let's do something with this. Let's do something with that. Um, that's all. I thought you were going to say your getaway plan was you're going to grab that big guy you met in the star Wars toy aisle in front of you and maybe could break for it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was, I don't remember what the getaway plan was, but we were both, we were both, uh, we both knew that there was a possibility that security could have been called. Right. <laughs> With Chris, that's always a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> so that pretty much wraps up that year. And we have a rather, well, I'm really, our, our springs are pretty uneventful just, just by what happens in the spring. I mean, we don't do an Easter special. We don't do a, a uh, St. Patrick's Day special, though that does sound appealing with all the drinking involved but i mean there's not much going on in general but april fools comes along and like you had just said when we discussed the first one we kind of set a high bar and you come up with the idea for the follow-up you actually had this well before april fools if i remember correctly yeah i guess we started thinking about how we were gonna have to we're gonna have to do something the next year right and the idea was the idea was genuine at first that I was, I 
did kind of what Tim does. Yeah. And I did contact Kevin Smith and had this idea that he would come on our show. Not, not as publicity. I mean, to me, he's, he's one of the top, Mm -hmm. um, one of the pod fathers of podcasting. (laughs) So I wasn't doing it just like to ride on his coattails or whatever. I think we're all genuine fans. Yes. To the point where I've met him twice. Um, at, at different things. In fact, uh, like two years ago, Chris and I went and saw one of his lives. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a comedy concert. It's just him telling stories for like three hours. Right. Like, like, you know, I, I love to listen to the guy tell the guy can spin a yarn. Yes. You know? <laughs> him and Bill Cosby. <laughs> always, always got to have him in an episode. <laughs> um, so it was authentic to start with it, that I'd actually did send emails and, and yada, yada, yada. And I just, I never heard back I'm yeah. not saying that I should have, you know, like the, the guy's busy and he probably never got the messages and right. stuff, but he always exactly. seems like he's a very fan friendly entertainer. Yep. So the idea then became, well, if he's not going to do it, we're still going to do what we would have done, but we just have to tweak it. Yes. So I wrote this fake email. And and we we came up with the idea, I think, as a group, that it would be funnier if everything was bleeped out that mentioned his name, his network, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a chance for us. I like to act, and I think that I think the three of us like to act too. Sure, I, I, I mean, think so. I mean, everybody likes to to, to horse around like that and stuff. So um, it became an opportunity for us to do that big time. Nothing was scripted, right? It was all. It was all improvised, um, except for the email. And it, it was, it just ended up being a lot of fun and maybe even a little uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> a couple of times in there. But uh, the thing that ended up making that was, was Tim's performance. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that on his interview a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Like Chris and I were, we did a good job of being outraged and have hurt feelings. Um, you you did a good job of trying to be the voice of reason, but Tim's performance, I think made, made that what it was. And, and it was like, I'm sure he said, he just came up with that on the spot. Like he didn't know he was going to behave that way. Right. Right. So it ended up, it ended up working out great. And, and even down to the stuff with me editing it and it sounding <laughs> bad. Um, Hopefully it fooled some people. I don't know if it, it fooled as many as the year before, but at least I hope they got a kick out of it. Um, it was a lot of fun. So we had to come up with something else. I don't know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know either, but that was a, that was a fun one. Actually, I won't, I won't elaborate too much because me and Tim had a long discussion about that, but uh, I just wanted to yeah get the story. We never we didn't really go into the origin story. So that, that fills in that really well. So again, uh, this year compared to the year before, I mean, it would be really hard to do as much as we did that year. We'd, we'd burn out and would probably, we probably wouldn't hit this next milestone, which is a uh, hundred episodes. And uh, well, I haven't had my interview yet, but uh, I asked everybody else and I'll ask you the same. Were you surprised to have reached a hundred episodes? Cause this is from my perspective, I'll tell you this, this has never happened before. So I'm curious what, if you were surprised to hit that milestone. I guess not. And I mean, I don't know. I didn't really have a frame of reference, but we had been having so much fun and we're banging them out pretty quickly. I think, I think it came pretty fast. So I don't, I, I guess I wasn't. So, okay. So now there is, let's see, 
there's something I haven't brought up. I didn't really know where to fit it in, and maybe I didn't think of it till now, but I did want to bring this up. And you actually brought it up earlier. Uh, and I'd say at this point, we cross 100 episodes. We, we have our niche, our individual, what we bring to the table, and we fall into our roles, and we're, we're trading things back and forth. But, but my point is we all certainly have kind of our thing that has stood stuck with us for a long time, Chris's names, my Wilro Hood, and for you is the tree octopus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I your your wife sent uh, yeah. me a, <laughs> no, she just said something about that the other day. She sent me a like I get I serious, I get these things a lot, like from from listeners and, and they'll they'll show up on our, our pages. Um I don't get a lot of like you know, like Chris I think Chris gets the most you want to call it fan mail. Um, than okay, anybody. Yeah, yeah. But if I get anything, it usually has something to do with that. <laughs> um, and she put a thing on there about it was some aquarium, like an octopus climbed up the side of some tank that it was in <laughs> in an aquarium and escaped and was crawling around. Um, and I said to her on there, and I mean this because this is, and this is what guys do, especially, I don't know, like I, I grew up an athlete and, and was an athlete all my life. And this is what guys do, especially athletes. You Take the piss out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> and if if you do it enough and you do it right, the more you do it, the more that person knows that you care about them. Yes, um, true. Chris Chris has this saying that he says because he, he teases a lot of people. He says he says something like, I'm paraphrasing, um, a kid because I care or something like that. Chris says that? Yeah. Wow, okay. He he'll say that to somebody every once in a while. Okay. And I believe that's true. If if you didn't care about somebody or weren't interested in talking to them you just wouldn't talk to them that is so the fact that you you go out of your way to put something like she did on my facebook whatever it's called what's it called my 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 wall oh wall yeah yeah i get get, yeah that sounds good okay (laughs) (laughs) the fact that she took the time to do that it, it it meant something to me like so i said like and i even said to her like this is how you know who your friends are because you have a moment of weakness like I did a moment of uh, uh, stupidity like I did <laughs> and your real friends don't let it go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they ram it down your throat and they bury it into the ground and I appreciate it. So, because I know I've done that to people. Right. Right. Um, I said something insanely stupid <laughs> on that episode. Uh, I believe something that couldn't possibly be true, even though it could be. <laughs> Here we go. It could be if, it, you know, if from a certain point of view, to use a Star Wars phrase, you know, I'm not saying they live in the tree all the time, <laughs> but to climb out, you've I've seen those videos because I've seen them. They can walk on land. It's starting to look like they're they're evolving towards this joke, which is kind of terrifying in my world. See, <laughs> you call me Darwin. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> so no I, and and when i said I've, I've listened to it again i sound really stupid <laughs> it was a stupid thing to say and i and i own it and and i think that's what people should do like like to to sit and and complain about it or have my feelings hurt would be ridiculous yeah so yeah. so you when you do something stupid i tell this to my son all the time you do something stupid you do something wrong you own it and that's what i've done and i love it when people tease me about it because because it's it's it is funny. I would tease me too. <laughs> so 
I I will go down swinging with the tree octopus for the rest <laughs> for the rest of my life if that's what I'm saddled with. If that's my lot in life. Yeah. I'm more than happy with it. Could be worse. It could be, <laughs> and it's it's brought people a lot of people a lot of joy. Yeah. No, I'm I'm so I'm overwhelmed uh, by any, any anyone mentioning it, and and I certainly love it and would continue it to ha- and wish it would continue to happen. That was, you know, I don't know if I told this, and I don't even know why whatever came up, but that was the icebreaker for when I met Lee and Lin Chi. I met Lee and Chi before our celebration show alone. Just introduced myself, let him know what we had planned, thank him for joining us, and he had, he had, we were just, I was wondering if he heard the show, and it's like, if he did, I was would have been a little worried, because, you know, he works for Lucasfilm, and we don't hold back anything, and he said, oh, yeah, I've been listening to the show, that Tree Octopus stuff was hilarious, I was like, good he's talking it said something that's hilarious on the show we haven't offended him this is a good thing so that really that moment actually came in very helpful for me for that event in my life oh i didn't even know that yeah yeah i I actually kind of forgot about that until until now well that is that makes it even better (laughs) so we're now really don't have many more events for that year until we get to the end of the year where we have the art project and we start writing for the 2013 christmas special which is a follow-up to the year before it's a scripted one but we want to do it a little bigger we have more time we have more time to plan and this is where i had said early on the interview i'm glad you brought up your writing not necessarily your style but your i guess your method or your practice because we get to the point of recording the the episode you've written all your songs along with a, a half the medley that was bounced between you and i over a day or two over email you get to your part of the songs you pull out the most worn piece of notebook paper <laughs> i've ever seen in my life. i swear if i held that up to a light it would have been translucent <laughs> you gotta tell me about this one single piece of paper that has everything in this show on it <laughs> really i don't even you don't? remember oh my god <laughs> i always have pieces of paper billowing out of my pockets from like notes and stuff especially like when we're when we're writing something and they do get to the point where you've folded them and taken them in and out of your pocket so often they start to look like the dead sea scrolls or the shroud of turin or something and you i end up usually when they get that bad rewriting whatever's on there on a new piece of paper, because I'm afraid it's going to disintegrate. But that's the way it was when I was writing jokes. I would have my pockets. You ever see the Seinfeld where George has the wallet? Yes. He's got everything. Yes. My pockets, I didn't have a wallet. My pockets just look like George's wallet. <laughs> wow. Like anytime you think of something and there's a piece of paper nearby, it could have been the Declaration of Independence. You're like, hey, I got to borrow that. And you just like write it off and rip it off and stick it in your pocket. So <laughs> I don't remember this specific piece of paper. I wish I still had oh it. Oh my God. It was folded in every way. It looked like you took an origami crane and unfolded it to write your notes. There's notes in every angle. You have to turn, like you sing blue boobies and then you turn it like 33 <laughs> degrees and now you're singing the chestnut song or the Owen song and then you you gotta you, you flip it over and turn it another 20 degrees and you're singing the medley it was all over the place man it was it was quite a sight to see that's awesome i'll have to go back and look at that video yeah. any of that video to see <laughs> oh, the papers in there i wish you had it because if we ever have a news as museum that would be featured in your exhibit for sure yeah i throw everything away uh- <laughs> I- I throw everything. I'm like, I'm not a, uh, what's the word? Uh, what, what Tree kind octopus. Of <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 
I'm not a, the kind of person that keeps I got you. Sentimental. Sentimental. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a sentimental person. I throw everything away. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, the recording, I think uh, we may or may not have talked about it. It was, it was recording. We recorded at Chris's house. You, you, me and Chris did all our stuff at Chris's house, way different than the year before. And we discussed this again on that special. No need to rehash that. That really leads into the end of the year, which was our first Artmore project, which we have the whole thing recorded. So we don't need to hash much more of that out unless there's anything you want to say. I don't want to blow past anything you want to talk about. I don't know if there's anything you want to say about the first Artmore project you haven't already. No, just any anything I'd say would be echoing things that we've all said about how shocked we were yeah. um, from from just the final total. What I did. And, oh, I'm sorry. And no, and and just how generous it, it's. It's like another one of those things, like we were talking about with the meaning of the people on the show. It's it it does you your your soul good to know that there are people out there that are that generous. Um, some of the people we knew personally that bought some of these things spent hundreds of dollars on things. I don't know if they have the money or not. I hope they did, but to to know that and the and the the, the generosity of of Chris the auctioneer for donating his time, not taking a commission and then even donating some money of his own, like all that kind of stuff. It was just like, it was one of those things. It was just like an outpouring of silver linings. And you, you, it, it does your, your heart good to see that every once in a while. And that was a great way to end the year. Yep. Yeah. And the, uh, we all got together. Well, not, Unfortunately, Tim couldn't make it. We all got together to show the toys off at the Winter Festival, and that was just... I mean, you and I had done probably 90% of the shopping online. Chris really wanted to do some in in physical shopping, which we gave him the money to do. I mean, I'm looking at the cart, and I'm like, okay, this order has 200 things. This order's got 50. This has... And, and it all adds up, but it did not really hit me how much we were able to do with that money until we were there at that event. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, it was great because I did the shopping online and so did you and, and we had them all sent, but uh, I don't have a very big porch. So I thought the the idea of all of these things being left on my my porch and I have a very busy road, there was there was certainly the option for somebody to end up stealing some of the right. stuff. And left out in the weather, you know, like you know, what if it rains that day, like all kinds of things were going on. And uh, my father-in-law is retired and he lives right down the street. So he was nice enough to receive all of the packages. And I think he kind of got a kick out of it too um, because he would, I would get home from work and, and he would call and he'd be like four more packages today. Like he was oh, that's like, cool. <laughs> he was like, and then he would six more today, you know, and he would have them and we kept them there. We kept them here. And, and Chris we got his truck and we took them all there. It was, it was, it was pretty overwhelming to see them all. And then when we laid them all out on the table, with the help of everybody that was there. Yeah. It was, it was staggering. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's a perfect word for it. Well, now 2014 is behind us. I'm sorry. 13 is behind us. We're into 2014. We have a little bit of a rough start getting everyone's schedules together. So we fill in the gaps with some specials and I, I do a, I think I, I do a best of right away. You come up with a top five obscure character poll, which you, placed online great content but most notably and as going through the episodes i guess i've forgotten about this i really need to know how you got your wife on that show <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> 
yeah, she, uh, she's, uh, she's like me, I guess, in the sense that she doesn't want some of the attention. So yeah, that was, that was probably, uh, that was probably quite a coup, but, and, and not being a star Wars fan. Herself. Right, right, right. But that, that's a, that's what makes it fun. I like when Christy comes on and doesn't necessarily know about star Wars, it's, it's fun to hear someone else's opinion. That's not like a, a diehard. Right. Right. So that, that's the good thing of, of having things like that happen. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Also brought started in that year was your mini series of these interviews with, uh, of names you have mentioned, uh, Mark Newbold, uh, basically it's, it's kind of a world perspective. I don't even know what you would call it. Uh, different perspectives of star Wars from people around the world. You've interviewed our friend Ricardo from Portugal, Tim V Hooken from Belgium, Mark Newbold from England. What, what, prompted this idea i don't know i I think just maybe the the fact that i'm i i guess i enjoy culture and 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 cultures around the world and noticing as we all have that our listenership is international yeah so to to maybe just explore that idea of it that, that i'm i like you know i'm a sucker for like stuff on tv when it's about uh, the way things are in different countries. Um, Michael Palin did a show called uh, Full Circle. Oh, right <laughs> on BBC, and it was a, it was a comedic show, but he also really took a look at cultures around the world. And there was a book, and I bought the book, and I watched the show, and it was like you know it was Michael Palin. It was like perfect. It was a perfect melting of everything. And I guess I've always liked stuff like that. So like the idea of us always feeling like Star Wars belonged to us because we were Americans and mm. it was an American writer and director and and the principal cast was American, but the film was international in and of itself. The locations, the the extras, the you know, the the people that really made the films were not American. But we always think of it, it's like it's like Star Wars. It's it's ours. Yeah. You know, like well how do other people in the world feel about that? So I've enjoyed talking to people and I kind of gotten away from it and I should get back to it. Um, so hopefully I can, I can do that Okay, because okay. I know that Tim Vikoven even told me of a database. Oh, right. Yeah. That has people from all over the world. It's, it's really like a place where people can meet and talk from all over the world that are star Wars fans. Um, so there's, there's, there's an infinite number of these that I can probably end up doing. Cool. Yeah, I think the original. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I know that um, our regular episodes are the ones that get the the most downloads or ratings or whatever you want to call it. But hopefully, a few people here and there have have listened to this and and liked them Um, because I I just I guess I just enjoy talking to people. Um, I've never traveled anywhere. Uh, I've never left the United States, Mm. and probably the the flight situation i know i mean that's something to do with that i'd really encourage you to do it but i also don't encourage you to put yourself in that situation if it's going to cause you even worse trauma it'll, i'm sure it'll happen at some point but i've always been interested in things around the world and and my family like i said my dad worked at the at our school so we we always had exchange students oh right I, yeah that i grew up with and and someone come and go you know mexico you know like all, all over kind of, kind of different places but we had an exchange student for, for a long period of time, um, a guy by the name of Henning. Mm-hmm. And 
he was from Germany and he really ended up becoming one of my best friends. Um, like a dear, dear friend. Uh, so much so he was in my wedding. Oh, wow. He flew back from Germany to be in the wedding. He's wow. And he's six, four. We had to find a tuxedo, but <laughs> <laughs> a six, four guy. Um, but yeah, like I've, I guess I've always been interested in other places that I've never been and still have never been. Wow. That's cool. So as far as we not much uh, to talk about with our regular shows, we really are focusing on specials for this particular year. And one special that I don't think I brought up with Tim and Chris, and oh, actually, there's probably a reason why now I think about it, was the top 10 Swickmas song special I brought up for you because there were three solo performance songs of yours on there so of the 10 songs i mean your three of those are your solo performances i'd say majority of the others if not all the others were ensemble things so was that flattering to you to see that we had our listeners vote for this there's no stacking the votes we didn't even vote for it listeners voted for three of your songs as their 10 favorites yeah yeah absolutely i appreciate that because it's I guess it's it's part of it is that they feel like the the song was funny, like the writing of the song was good, and maybe they think the the singing was good too. Because I really, really, really do love to sing. Mm, right. In fact, some of the like, especially the last play that I was in, one of the reasons that I really, really enjoyed doing it was because I got to sing three songs in the play, and it wasn't a musical. It was it took place in a bar, and it was just like bar singing, but I got to sing. You know, so like I, I've always been in choirs and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that that's definitely flattering, both from the writing of the songs and the, and the singing. And I feel like when I sing, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess everybody feels this way. Like I think my voice sounds much different on a recording. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I hear myself sing, I'm like, it doesn't it doesn't even sound like me. Like it sounds <laughs> right. <laughs> it would sound better if it was like, you know, happening live. Right. Right. So I'm I'm like I think a lot of us are super critical of myself too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like I always feel like I can do better, but to to hear something like that and and the people the people voted for that that does that does make you feel good, like, especially for someone who's really super critical of themselves, like I am. Yeah. Well, along with the votes came a lot of great messages from people saying that they love our christmas specials it's an annual tradition for them or whatnot what was like what was that like to hear that's really cool too because if you know like i know how i am at christmas and how we are in our house like there are certain things that i have to do every year you have to watch scrooge and you mm-hmm. have to watch crucifixion and da, 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 and i have to hear this song and i have to watch this and i have to like there are certain things that i have to do but the fact that that maybe that slides into a slot for some people is insanely flattering yeah like i gotta watch scrooge and i gotta i gotta listen to the stories and character <laughs> right. christmas special that that's a big deal yeah yeah, yeah that, that that's fantastic so now that leads into our christmas special completely different this year we are completely out of time this year so we just freeform it but we still want to do songs and you are on fire with songs you recorded and wrote six songs you actually wrote a seventh song i don't know if People know that seventh song. The people that do know it know it's what I'm talking about. This is the most you've written song wise. What what was it this year that seemed to inspire you more to get those songs out and recorded as opposed to the years before? I don't know. Maybe it's just from doing it a few times now. Maybe just more confidence. 
something like that um feeling i i guess maybe the idea that like when you we put out the first one or we did any of these shows like you you're not sure if anyone's going to listen to it or if they're going to like it so then when you hear people they actually did like it 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 motivates you to to want to do it again and and be more prolific with it so maybe that has something to do with it the the response from the other ones mm, okay because i do i do really enjoy doing it <laughs> um well, and it, it it's like i encourage anybody out there to do it and like send us send us songs like record it yourself or if you have an idea like send it to us like yeah we'll record I agree. It. absolutely like, it's it's like more fun than you think it would be yes it's true <laughs> Like and sometimes it's frustrating. Like seriously, like I'm sure you've run into this. Like like I'll, and especially if you get an idea and you get three quarters of the song, you're like, "This is good, this is good," and then you get stuck and you're at the point where you're like thinking, "I'm gonna have to like scrap this because yeah. I I can't finish it." Like then you're like yeah you got like writer's block and it's like it's 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 a stupid star wars parody of a christmas song or whatever but you're pouring over it like you're like mozart or something um it's it's almost it's almost fun to go through that process yeah yeah it is it is i will show i don't know if this will spoil anything for my interview or not but just to to, uh, tell a story about that the most frustrating one i ever wrote was the wilro hood to let it go for christy because I had every intention of making that sound like it was a serious song, even though it was a ridiculous subject. And before, when I didn't care that the songs were silly or whatnot, I would squeeze four-syllable words into a single-syllable part of the song. I didn't care, right? With this, I, I wanted it to be seamless and sound serious, and that was probably the hardest one I've ever wrote. I, I know what you're talking about. Like, you, you put pressure on yourself when yeah. you do this, especially yeah. now that it's been successful. So. You want it to be a certain way, and yes. when it's not, it, it bothers <laughs> you. Exactly. Yes. Yes. No, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. So and I bet a lot of other people do too. Oh, well, I'm like, sure they do. Yeah. It's it's a but it's almost like a good misery. Like it's like a creative misery. It's not it's not a life or death thing. It's not your job. Yeah. It's not yeah. your family. <laughs> so it's fun. It's fun to to be a tortured artist every once in a while. I mean, I, I like I I used to I went to art school. And I I know what it's like to to work on something and and you just get to that point and you just you want to rip it up and throw it away but you gotta <laughs> you gotta break through the wall and and it's it's fun to be a tortured artist sometimes sure sure especially when it's you're right when it's not really there's not any stakes to it when you can walk away from it yeah yep. now speaking of songs I mean if you want to talk about this it's up to you we are making an effort to not have the blackouts that we've had in the past and by doing that we are taking a break every two weeks and with that break comes an opportunity to do something new or it might just be a break Uh, somehow by some miracle there hasn't been any yet this year but i'm sure there will be but we've all had ideas of to do something new including this interview series you've had something you got something big that you've put a lot of work into do you want to share kind of explain maybe give a little preview to the listeners of what your special is going to entail Sure. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because you say like, I got something big going on. This is more like <laughs> a tremendous amount of work for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> Wait, like it was what you said about like Chris's idea. About the, the it can't be like, as much work as that was. Oh, okay. Good. Nothing can be. <laughs> That's how I start. And I know Chris does too. Um, any, any idea I have, it's like, I got an idea. It's this, but 
if this is going to be too much work for you, <laughs> yeah, right. just, just forget it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You did say that. And never once, I don't think, have you said, that's too much work. I no, can't, no. We can't do that. So I, I, uh, at best, I'll say I can do this, but I won't be able to do it until this time. That's that's the only time I've ever put a caveat on it. It was time wise. Right. Well, the idea is hopefully it works out. the The entire episode will be uh, Swick Radio, where you will download and turn it on, and it will be sort of like you're just browsing the radio dial. Not that anyone does that anymore. <laughs> right. I mean, do people do that? I I don't. I don't. Well, maybe some people do. <laughs> so what you're going to get is song parodies, um, maybe long or entire songs, or maybe just a chorus of a song interrupted by you turning the dial and moving to the next song. So I've written... 17 songs. I wow. <laughs> I lost some, out. Yeah. Some I recorded, some are recorded and, and are, I've already sent them off. Yep. Um, some are earmarked for other coast. Co- what are, I almost got a co-stars <laughs> uh, co-hosts. There you go. Um, some are for, you know, are written for other people. Right. Cause I don't mind writing songs for other people. I think it's cool. Um, some of the songs I wrote, I intended to record, but, are just out of my range. So I got to Christy record them. Oh, okay. If she's willing. Oh yeah. She'd love to. So it's the idea. It'll be more, uh, more song parodies, but not to Christmas songs, to right. pop songs. Yep. Cool. And not just, and pop songs from now. I'm trying to think of the oldest song that's on there. Seventies maybe. Oh, okay. So, um, based on our characters, like a kind of, more papers falling out of my pockets, <laughs> made a list of characters and found songs that some of them went with. So hopefully this is something that can happen from time to time. And hopefully uh, if it motivates people and they want to write the songs, we could have a whole listener driven, yeah. listener driven Swick radio part two. Yeah. I'd love that when it comes out, but uh, yeah, that's the basic idea. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the, the finished product but yep. like i said it's more work for you no no I'm, I'm happy to do it i'll just do it when i can and i'm sure it'll be people will will certainly enjoy the material hopefully i can do justice with my mixes on it i'm sure you will so that leads into the finale of every interview which is my six questions that i'm asking everybody so you're ready for the six questions dave absolutely okay number one what is your favorite moment working on the series Favorite moment working on the series would, like I said, be that moment during the live show, probably uh, with, with the making that many people laugh is, is definitely a, a favorite moment, not only in the series, but probably in my life. Oh, wow. Because like I said, it's like, you don't, you don't get a chance to do stuff like that very often. But uh, I think the, the, the second April fool's, with the Kevin Smith thing. Oh, okay. Is one of my favorites because we all, we all acted well. Like, <laughs> like it, it really like to listen to it now. It's, it's, it's uncomfortable to listen to. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and to me, that was the goal. I wanted people to be uncomfortable. I don't want, I wanted to fool them to think that this could really be happening, but I wanted it to be uncomfortable. You know, okay. like, uh, like I, I think that, that that's definitely, that's definitely a highlight. 
Cool. Oh, I, I would say those two. Okay. Uh, number two, what's your least favorite moment? Least favorite moment. It's always so much fun. I don't know that I really have any. Um, there have been a few episodes what I guess maybe a least favorite moment was because I think we can tell right when an episode's over if it's good or not. Yeah, like the four of us will say something. Like someone will say that was really good, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Like it'll be like Tim will be like that was a good one, right, right. Or like especially if you preface like some episodes we'll we'll start talking and and Tim will say like I don't really have much on this. This is gonna be a stretch or something. Oh like right, that. right, right. Those always end up being like some of the best ones. And like Tim will say at the end, like that actually ended up to being pretty good. You know, <laughs> there's been one or two probably when we're done and it's like, you know, Chris will say next episode is so-and-so. And then we kind of sit there in silence. <laughs> right. Cause no one wants to say like, Oh, it was kind of weak. Yeah. Oh. So that hasn't happened often. No, but I'd say that, uh, when it, when it does, that might be my least, but it's, it's, it's been so much fun in general that, it's hard to say okay. anything. That's fair. So number three is what would you like to see added to the show? If, if anything, of course. Like to see added. I think, I think our best episodes are the ones that combine a little bit of, of everything. Um, I was thinking of like some of my favorite episodes. I remember like the, the Admiral Ozzel one was really good and the Jawas one was really good because it had a good balance of serious talk about the character and good comedy and and irreverence about the character. Mm-hmm. Um I I I guess I guess what I'd like to see added to the show is just more of a balance cuz sometimes we do an episode and it won't necessarily be that funny. Right. But it'll have good facts. And then sometimes we do an episode and we barely even talked about Star Wars at all. <laughs> True. We're just talking about anything else. So I guess what I'd like to see added is more of a conscious decision to have more balance added to the show because I think they make the best episodes. I'm not condemning anything that we've done Mm -hmm. in the past at all. I'm just saying that that, that I think when that balance is achieved, they make for more of what I would call our best efforts. Okay. So number four is the flip side of that is what would you never want to see happen on or to the show? <laughs> never want to see. Um, I can't think of anything either. I mean, like, I know I should have an answer, but I don't. No naked Wednesdays. Yeah, right. Not when you're in Chris's house, sitting next to him, to his right. There isn't anything that, because I, I don't, I mean, I, I'll listen to the show. I don't, I don't think I've listened to all of them. Um, just because of time and, and stuff like that. And, um, but I don't, I don't remember ever hearing something and saying like, Oh, we shouldn't do that again. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't, I know there are times that, and, and I don't, and I've never seen the people be too critical of this, that there are times, I guess sometimes people will say like, you guys don't talk about the character enough, but I like those. So I don't, I mean, I, I can't, I can't say that there's anything really. Okay. I'm, I'm just pleased in general with the work everyone's done. Cool. Okay. Um, number five, what star Wars character do you identify with most? <laughs> That's hard too, because they're not real people. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> do I identify with most? I, I, I got an answer. 
What's the what's the guy's name? The devil guy. His name's like Car- Cardu. Uh, you know, it's Mal. funny. I'm I'm putting together some handouts for our celebration event, and I he's one of the character cards I'm doing, and uh, I I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I it's mean, like, I, <laughs> it's like Malak, like yeah. Cardu Malak yeah. or something like I, that. I, I was writing down what characters I want to do, and it's like that guy, and I was like Cardu Malak. I just put devil guy. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> I just put devil guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm looking it up now. Uh, oh, he was a Deveronian. Sure, it's Cardu Sai Malak. Oh yeah, that's that's it. Okay, that translates to Devil Guy, by the way. So yeah, I guess it's <laughs> that guy because I do remember he was one of my favorite uh, recent backstories, and I remember not only did he like to drink. <laughs> And there was even a picture of him on the one page. It was like an artist rendering of him with like a mug up in the air, like giving a toast or something like that. Right, right. So there's that part of it. But also he was, um, he was like a music lover. Yes. And he would bury the, the history of music in the, in the dirt. Like, so no one would take it. He had like this huge music, uh, library. Like, like he was like your go-to guy. It was almost like a hoarder of music. So I guess I identify with that. Cause I have like, I have like 3,500 songs on my iPod. I love music yeah. and all kinds of music. Uh, so I guess, I guess he's my guy. Okay. He drinks and listens to music. <laughs> How can you go wrong? Yeah. All right. Final one. Number six. If Disney let you add one thing to the Star Wars universe, what would it be? This is hard for me, too, because I don't want anything to happen in <laughs> Star Wars. If they let me, they, would they let me, like, not let them happen? Uh, I guess. Do you really want to see what these people look like as old people? I, you know what? I'll tell you this, and this will probably come up eventually in my interview. I am approaching this from two different ways. There is the, uh, there's the Star Wars fan that there always was before even the prequels, and that well, I have my one opinion. Then there's the other opinion of the. Disney didn't buy Star Wars to make me happy, so I just have to see what they're going to do to see it. And if I like it, I do. If I don't, I don't. And I'm not going to pre try to prejudge it or whatnot. That doesn't really answer the question. So I'm going to, I am finding out because it's available to find out, but you know, whatever. All right. That was not an answer. I know. No, I, uh, <laughs> I see where you're going. I, I guess I can add anything I want. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I want. A legitimate and heroic death to Han Solo in the first 20 minutes. Okay. That's what I want. I want him to die. Like, I think he probably wants to die in <laughs> those in those movies. Like, it's what he said way back when. Right. Um, and they can do the same thing with Indiana Jones if they're going to do that with him. He needs to die. He needed to die before in, the, in Indiana Jones. But uh, they need to... to, to put a cap on this and, and have it mean something. So that's what I've, I've always said. I mean, I'm sitting here in my room and looking at uh, Harrison Ford, you know, in his prime, I love Harrison Ford. He's my favorite actor. Um, I don't really want to see him with an earring and gray hair running around (laughs) the earring. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to see it. I'm sorry. Like he can do other things. I think he's a talented actor. I thought he was great in 42. I was watching the other day with my son. Uh, I don't want to see it. So if they let me do something, that's what I want. I want him. I want him dead. Okay. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> and put Mav Krim in the movie. So there you all. go. That's, a, that's get, the right answer. And we get big fat stacks. That's what I want. <laughs> There's no right answer, but Mav Krim is the right answer. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, well, that is it, but if there's anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up, please do. I would like to thank the listeners for making this as successful as it is because uh, we've talked about them a lot. It's It's been a pleasure and an honor and a privilege to hopefully entertain them. And I'd like to thank my co-hosts for making it as fun as they have, and I'd like to thank you especially because – we said it a million times, but none of this would happen without you. So thank you for all of the hard work that you do that no one ever sees. Maybe Christy <laughs> sees um, that that gets this put out almost every week, giving people free entertainment. And and I really appreciate the work that you've done. So thank you very much. Oh, absolutely. Like like you said, if we weren't having fun doing it, there would be no point. So I certainly have fun too. Yeah. Well, all right. I think that wraps it up. So, Dave, thank you for joining me this evening. And thank everybody else for listening. And uh, that is it for this episode. So join us uh, for our uh, follow-up with our regular character episodes coming up next. And then uh, another special. Might be my interview. Might be Dave Swick Radio. Not sure what our release schedule is. And that's why we have those breaks. So whatever it is, we hope you enjoy it. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Star Wars in Character. Star Wars in Character is part of the NeoZaz.com network of podcasts. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, please visit www.neozaz.com. Star Wars in Character is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or 20th Century Fox. Star Wars and all Star Wars universe characters, places, or Star Wars-related items are the copyright of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. Visit www.swic.neozaz.com for the latest Star Wars in character episodes and information. 